Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, DG McCullough, Debbie Gardner McCullough. I'm a narrative coach, a communications coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand, based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, the Sage Sayers podcast unpacks tips and strategies in business communications, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who've found the gift the opportunity, and even some knowledge from life's inevitable challenges. My guest this week is Brad Hugh. He's a program manager and an entrepreneur who, having returned from deployments with the Air Force, launched with a friend, Pew's Brews Coffee Company. It's an organically sourced coffee online retailer based in Utah, USA. I brought Brad to the show because I'm curious about how one even gets started with launching an online coffee retailer, anything about what sparked this passion in the first place, and what we can learn about ourselves and our situation from getting into something entrepreneurial. So Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and thanks for having me, Debbie. I appreciate oh, it. You're so welcome, Brad. So I wondered, I, I read up on your website, which we'll absolutely share to the show notes, but I read from your website. So you were deployed overseas for the Air Force, and then you also worked as a program manager. I wondered what inspired, I mean, apart from a love of coffee, of course, but tell <laughs> us a little bit about the inspiration between behind Prue's Brews. So there's there's so much to love. I mean, when you when you start drinking coffee, I think that there's just a just a general atmosphere that everybody just seems to fall in love with. And so how I originally got started in coffee was actually back in uh, 2016. And so my my travels in the Air Force have taken me all over the world. And so being in Utah and in the continental U.S., um, unfortunately, our climate, we're not able to grow coffee um, here within the states. The, actually, the only state that can grow coffee is Hawaii. And so... I did not know that, Brad. Yeah, Hawaii, Kona coffee. It's fantastic. I have tried Kona coffee. Okay, so Hawaii is the only part of the states where you can grow coffee. Correct, yeah. Okay. And so I would travel the world and I would go to these coffee producing countries and you would just get it just fresh and they would roast it there locally and it would just be a wonderful fantastic experience that uh you know me and a lot of my other airmen that i'm deployed with we would just sit around and, and just really enjoy a, a cup of coffee and when you're when you're in an environment like a deployment or something like that when you're overseas um you know you don't have a lot of the the, the joys of, you know, coming home to family and, and that sort of thing. So you really kind of take those moments um, like that uh, and, and they just kind of stick with you throughout life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, unfortunately, every time that I would return back to Utah, I would find that, uh, you know, exotic coffee here was, was typically Folgers or, you know, something just commercially off the shelf. Yeah. And I thought, boy, what a, what a tragedy that is. So <laughs> <laughs> can I share something small but bold as a New Zealander? 
I'm so yeah. sorry. The coffee here is pretty <laughs> awful. And it's so amazing because the, the country is so huge, but it, it's just not what you get overseas. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's it's so difficult to, to import it in and mm. everything comes by ship. And, you know, it takes quite some time for it to, to leave the farm, to get processed, to get imported in, and then finally make it to your, to your mug of coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I was really trying to establish a way to get the beans from the coffee source mm-hmm. into Utah of all places, the, the desert right in the middle of our, of our country mm-hmm. as quick as possible. And so I really started going out and sampling uh, coffee from a whole bunch of local roasters that we have here. And still, I mean, I, I, I dialed it in pretty well, but still wasn't, hitting the mark as far as what I considered a really, really fantastic cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this uh, journey that I was on and experiencing all of these different local roasters, I, I came across a man, his name's John Bolton, and he's actually a, with the master roaster and owner of the Salt Lake Roasting Company down in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so I came across him from a mutual friend and we actually, we sat down in his cafe and we just sat down as two friends, started having a couple cups of coffee, about four or five pots of coffee later. We're both still sitting there staring at each other and we're both, you know, caffeinated out of our, out of our skin. And we just, we really hit it off. And um, I've been utilizing his resources that he's had to, to further grow Pew's Brews. So my vision was, hey, what if we go to these small organic farms that you've already um, established communication with what if we can just kind of increase the logistics what if what if we could get it here quicker how can mm-hmm. we do that um, and how can we do it that's in a, a fair trade and organically sourced as, as much as we possibly can and so um, we've started reaching out to a lot of these uh, smaller farms we, we try to stay away from the commercially grown um, farms across the world um, and then we've, we've started uh, air shipping it in. And so as this coffee comes in, <clears throat> we unbag it and we just start roasting it almost immediately. And from there, we, we go to pewsbrews.com and that's where you can buy the coffee. All the coffee that I have has all been roasted within, uh, seven days. So whenever you order it, that coffee is actually being roasted within a week. So... Mm-hmm. Take that, for example, from just like a standard market that you would go to um, where you would buy just commercial coffee off the shelf. That has already been shipped into the U.S. Um, Typically, it goes to large warehouses and distributed out from there. And you're looking at uh, weeks and weeks, if not months, on on a typical bag of coffee. Um, So we were able to shorten that down. And that really, excuse me, that really shows in the amount of flavor, the amount of just boldness that you get out yeah. of our coffee. Yeah. Well, and I, I just want to share, disclose already that I have become a customer and <laughs> <laughs> it is really <laughs> delicious coffee. So I am, I wouldn't say I'm a coffee connoisseur. I don't know a lot about coffee, but I do know what I do and don't like with coffee. And 
as part of our interview research, I connected with you and asked which one do you recommend for someone like me who likes a milder roast? I know that much. I know from Starbucks I have to go blonde roast, right? But gosh, Mm -hmm. you really taste all of that and all that you described. So that's part of what I'm responding to as a customer of your morning sortie brand, the the Uh blend, the the $14 morning shift. That one is, I would say it was mild, it was smooth, there was a slight nuttiness there, but I smelt the freshness, Brad. Like when the pack arrived I could smell it before I opened it yeah it's funny so I, you're, I tying, so- you're tying that to the quick turnaround of the roasting that's part of that and the organic piece yes definitely because as you roast coffee uh, it starts to actually degas and it starts to re- release um, carbon dioxide and so the longer past that roasting phase from yeah. when you actually drink it the more it's off gassed and the more it's off gassed um, the more coffee you're going to end up having to use to really get that, that flavor. Mm -hmm. And so you'll notice like on our coffee, you can use, gosh, about 70% of what you would typically use in a, in a cup of coffee and produce that same amount of flavor in each cup. It's a beautiful brew. It is a really impressive brew. Yeah, and I'm absolutely going to buy. Now, what can you tell me about the other ones? I'm looking at your website, pewsbrews.com coffee shop. So tell me about Pew's Brew and then Raven and then the Swing Shift Espresso. How do they, they, like, it will, given that freshness, given that quick Mm -hmm. roast time, given the organic component, would even your Raven or the Pew's Brew be less abrasive as a Starbucks or a Pete's coffee or that kind of burnt tire thing I told you about that I experienced with strong American coffee. It's not that I oppose <laughs> its strength. It's just that, that burnt taste that I don't like. Well, I still, well, does that go too with even your stronger brews? It does. Yeah. So uh, starting at our lighter roast, the lightest roast that I have is that morning sortie um, that yeah. you've enjoyed. And so that's uh that's a very light roast. It's a very, bright tasting coffee that has a lot of uh, flavor notes that really kind of hit you in the back of the tongue, which is fantastic. Um, All of our coffee is very low acid, has a very low acidity to it. And so when you combine that low acidity with just the freshness of the coffee, that's where you really start to get that mouthfeel that you're, that you're experiencing. And, um, and that goes with all of our, our coffees. We don't add in anything extra that's tried to, trying to act as like a flavor enhancer or anything like that. Everything that we do is it's 100% just coffee. So um, stepping up from the, the morning sortie in a level of roast, the next darkest that I go is my swing shift espresso. And that's uh, very light in regards to a lot of espresso that's out there. Um, I've noticed that, especially in, in the U.S., a lot of places go really dark on their espresso. They try to really over-roast, in, in my opinion. And and that's because as you're doing espresso, a lot of coffee in the U.S. is flavored with, you know, heavy creams, um, you know, flavors from, you know, simple syrups and things like that and whipping cream and, and just different products that get put in there. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just they're trying to, um, once you add in all of that um, extra layers of flavor, they're still wanting you to taste the coffee, so to speak. So they make it extra 
extra dark or extra carbony. And that's where you're really getting kind of that, uh, a lot of people consider it that burnt taste in their mouth. So all of ours are um, a little bit on the lighter side uh, until you get to about the Raven Roast. Now, the Raven Roast is actually a blend of about four different, four plus other countries' coffee, all blended into one. And you're starting to get into the medium to dark roast range. And so when you start getting into those, the darker ranges, it actually brings out a lot more of like a caramel um, type flavor. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people associate the the darker roast with kind of that burnt flavor. And you'll notice that um, even as you get darker on our roast, you really don't have that carbon taste. You don't have that burnt flavor. What you end up with is more of a, a caramel sweetness to it. Fantastic. All right. I'm yeah. going with the sampler next. So I have some more curious, <laughs> curiosity questions. Can I go for yeah. it? So I'm I'm sure, my goodness, I'm thinking of you, Brad. I'm thinking I have this beautiful visual of you being just a connoisseur of coffee and just really enjoying those moments and enjoying coffee in that time of deployment and then coming back to the States, connecting with this friend and having this inspiration and you've gone for it. There must have been so many curveballs. What are, what were some of the what were the top three curveballs or surprising moments as you went from inspiration? to coffee shop? So I would say one of the big um, inspirational moments was actually just talking with close friends and family. And and I've been talking about and loving coffee for so long that uh, when I actually decided to really branch this out and turn it into a business and take that next step forward, I was actually surprised um, of the level of support that I got from a, a lot of people and, and they were saying, gosh, I can't believe that you haven't done this sooner. So mm-hmm. maybe not the curveball, maybe that you were expecting. Cause I know that I was not expecting it to be as successful, um, at least socially right off the bat. So, so it was that, really, that was the surprise. That was one of the big surprises. Like, wow, yes. this is immediately popular. I have a huge amount of support. How did that feel? It felt fantastic. Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. And as I, before I even started the business and we were just, you know, roasting as a, as a hobby, uh, people were like, when are you going to start selling this? When are you really going to start branching this out? How do I get my hands on this more? How lovely. Um, Yeah. And so that really just kind of, uh, sparked me to, to start taking things to the next level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you did take things to the next level, what was some of the, yeah, what else was a surprising, if not a curveball, just a oh, I thought it would go like this, but it didn't. It went like this instead. Or what What were some other little twists and turns along the way? Yeah, so, I, you know, just establishing um, these um, lines of logistics, I guess, trying to get this coffee, I really thought that getting it in was going to be a, a much bigger headache. Um, mm. But once you start reaching out to some of these places, especially during the pandemic, that's kind of when I got started. Um, they were extremely excited and more than helpful to um, reach out across the table and, and try to get this going. They were just as eager as I was. On that. So again, so, there was this ease and flow when you're expecting <clears throat> resistance and yet there was that ease and flow. Then what else? What was, um, yeah, anything that you thought might take longer or ended up taking less time? Yeah, anything else that you learned along the way? 
uh, I have learned so much about coffee. I mean, coffee is just such a, a scientific process as much as it is an artistic process. Um, and anybody I think that is a coffee junkie like I am and a caffeine junkie can relate to this because coffee is one of those things you start going down this rabbit hole and there is no bottom. I mean, every day I'm learning something new about coffee and that's one of the biggest um, things that I love about doing it is just the fact that it's it's just a constantly evolving process and there's always something to learn with it. So that, it's just been, it's been fantastic. And what I love about previous conversations I've had with you, Brad, you know, we're both entrepreneurs and we, we both feeling that across America, at least where we're both based, there's this real appetite right now. People are just ready. They're just ready to try something different, go a different route in their careers or launch something of their own. And what have you, you know, and being that entrepreneur for others, you've told me previously that, that it sparked something in, in others. Tell me about some of those moments. Yeah, so I would say that uh, for other entrepreneurs that are out there and they're looking at whatever whatever their business idea might, might be, um, that no amount of planning is ever going to prepare you for actually doing. And so at, at some point, you just really have to put yourself out there and become vulnerable uh, and take a step into that uh, into that new chapter of your life. And as soon as I did that, I had, I've had so many people, close friends. I've, I actually had a phone call last week from uh, a lady. It was actually a friend of a friend who reached out to me. She's from Nebraska and just asking, Hey, how did you, how did you do what you did? How did you establish this business? Where did you go? And <clears throat> as an entrepreneur and, and just like yourself, I think that you're just so excited to tell your story and to try to help other people, um, you know, make their dreams a reality as well. So that's just been, that's been fantastic. I love doing that. I love the doing that too, Brad. And I love too that you have these other two careers. You've served and deployed for our, for our Air Force. You've served your country and then you're a program manager. And I wondered what parts of each role, like starting with the program manager and then mm -hmm. the Air Force part, what part of being a pro program manager helped you do what you're doing today with your coffee shop? That's a fantastic question. So one thing uh, that I take very serious from being a program manager uh, for the Department of Defense is everything is tracked. Everything is a metric. And you cannot let uh, certain things slide by. You can't just assume something is going to work out. So what I've taken from that role of being a program manager is just my attention to detail, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really get into the weeds of everything. Everything is on a spreadsheet somewhere, sometimes triple tracked in other, other places because I am a little OCD like that. Um, and but that's it's a exactly superpower. It's a superpower you're bringing into the space. Yes. And it, it's something that uh, I'm very comfortable with and I, I like doing, you know, I like tracking everything. I like to know what's selling, what's not selling. And then on the program management side, you know, is uh, I'm an acquisition program manager. So I'm, I'm acquiring new services and goods for the, for the government, for the U S government. So um, in that role, uh, you track everything down to the fraction of a penny 
um, and it has to be tracked at all times. You have to be able to speak to it. So that's kind of that's the big thing that I've taken out of this role that I'm, I'm in in my you know nine to five job as a program manager. On the flip side of that, on the on the reservist side, on the government military side, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've taken discipline. So it's very easy to um, m- maybe think that some things are just going to kind of work out or, or maybe, you know, you can rely on other people at certain phases. And at some points you definitely can, because, um, you know, it, it takes a city to, to really run a, a successful business, but you have to be disciplined in the fact that everything that you're doing is a result of, of you and, and, in most businesses, most entrepreneurs, it's you alone in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just having that that mental fortitude to really uh, wake up every day, have that positive outlook and know that it's going to happen, but also putting in the work and putting in the time to actually make it happen. So I'd that's love that. I love that. And and then this is just part of the sage perspective, you know, bringing in the gifts and bringing in the knowledge from things from the past and, and finding the gift and the opportunity there, weaving it into what we do today. Uh, I have a couple of final questions. Do you have the stamina? Of quick? course. One of, one of them is how, where do you want to go with Pew's Brews? What would be wave a magic wand? Where do you want to take it? So if I could wave a magic wand right now, I am just doing a hundred percent online sales and, mm-hmm. and local sales to, to people within my community. Um, my next step that I'm looking into is actually establishing a, a brick and mortar cafe somewhere and, and really branching that out. Um, I would like to own a couple of different locations in different cities. Um, and then at one point, you know, I wouldn't mind branching out into other states and and really trying to expand this from from coast to coast i would love to see uh pews brews on a on a coast to coast drive somewhere you know as we stop in colorado or california or some other state and being able to visit my own coffee shop but not be home i think that that would be that would be my dream oh i hear it i hear it I will be there. I will visit those shops. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) I love that. I love that, Brad. That's fantastic. And and America's the perfect place for this kind of shop too. It is really the perfect place. I wondered if you could speak to those entrepreneurs who I meet daily or the ones (laughs) who have an entrepreneur within, but they're, they're staying with their steady job, but they know there's something else. But is there always that fear or there's always that uncertainty or there's always that lack of role model or someone around them who's done something similar? What would you say to them just in a few sentences to what would you whisper to them to give them that spark? Oh, I think that uh, a lot of that's going to come from from within. But mm-hmm. I think you know it when you when you find it because you have just uh, such an internal passion mm-hmm. uh, for whatever your business idea is that um, at that point, you are, you're extremely self-motivated, you're self-driven, and um, there's, there's almost nothing that can stop you from thinking about it. And I think once you get to that level, it's really time to sit down, maybe put some, some pen to paper, and um, 
really start planning out what you where you would like to be in six months and, and establish writing down some goals. You know, where you'd like to be in six months, 12 months, five years, uh, and, and marching towards those. I think that's extremely powerful. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Brad. And in closing, I'd love for you to direct my listeners to Hughes Brews. How can they find you? Yes, thank you very much. So if you head to www.pewsbrews.com, uh, and it's spelled with my uh, my last name, so it's P-E-U-G-H-S-B-R-E-W-S.com, uh, that will direct you to my webpage. And from there, I have uh, I have a backstage that you can learn a little bit more about me and my, my journey as far as how I have came, came to be where I'm at. And then also down at the bottom, I have a, a contact me section. I would love to hear from your listeners from around the world, um, just where they're at in their entrepreneurial journey, um, maybe what they're inspired in. And uh, I would love to help in any way that I possibly can. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Debbie. Oh, it was lovely, Brad. And you've been listening to the Sage Sayers. And this is DG McCullough calling in tonight from Rainy. Muskego, Wisconsin. If you'd like to know more about me and my group coaching offerings, check my show notes. You'll find my Calendly link there, my email, and my LinkedIn profile too. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Bye-bye for now.